This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. No matter how young children may be, they gain much when parents read to them. And once a child can read on their own, the benefits are far greater. We'll hear from a top child literacy advocate. The first thing we make sure that parents understand is that it doesn't matter how little your baby is, they still need to hear you reading to them. Then, ever feel distracted when you try to focus? The problem may be clutter. A decluttering expert shares some helpful advice to help you boost your productivity. We have clutter all around us. We have physical clutter, we have digital clutter, we have noise clutter, we have systems clutter, and it's very difficult to stay focused on what our work really is. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. In today's world where video screens are everywhere, teaching kids to read is more important than ever. But how can parents promote books to their kids when screens compete for their attention? InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco spoke with a child literacy expert to find out. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Maria Russo, children's books editor of the New York Times Book Review. She co-authored a new book, How to Raise a Reader, and she joins us now. Ms. Russo, you say babies and toddlers thrive intellectually and emotionally when someone reads to them. So what is your advice for picking out books for this age group? Well, the first thing we make sure that parents understand is that it doesn't matter how little your baby is. They still need to hear you reading to them. They need to hear lots of words and just they need the experience of being read to because that starts to create the positive associations and the emotional satisfaction that reading together with someone you love can give them. So for the tiniest babies, board books are great. Now, those are those chunky books that they can chew on. They can throw them across the room. You might look at them and say, oh, there's not really that much there. They're only about 14 pages. There's not that many words on each page. That doesn't matter. Your baby loves these books. Your baby needs to see these books. The images are beautiful. They're designed to appeal to the baby's eyes, not necessarily to your eyes. So lots of books. Babies like books with other babies in them. There's lots of, you know, those books of faces of babies, page after page of baby faces. That's a big hit with babies. So for your littlest babies, get them lots of board books, lots of books with other babies in them. They obviously love lots of books with nonsense sounds and repetition. That's a great way to start developing their ear for language, right? Lots of funny, silly rhymes, all of that just makes reading to your baby such a great experience for both of you. So choosing an intellectual educational book for a baby is not essential, is that right? (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, it is intellectual to a baby. Whatever you're reading to your baby is helping them to develop their brain function. So it's true, it might not seem to you like something so advanced, but it really is. And But don't forget, you can read anything to a baby. So if you get bored with reading those board books and those picture books, your baby doesn't know, you know, if you're reading to them from your parenting manual or, you know, a book about sports or a cookbook. You know, you can read anything to your baby. The point is they should be exposed to words. They should be close to their parent. They're hearing your voice. All of that is just a great experience for a baby to have. What is a reasonable age for toddlers to start reading, recognizing, of course, that children have all different capabilities? 
This is a really important issue right now because somehow people have got it into their minds that the earlier a child reads, the better. The better a reader they'll be in the future, the stronger a reader. And that's just not true. Earlier is not better. you know. And in fact, the exact age that a child learns to read doesn't correlate with really anything. You know, it's like, when did you learn to tie your shoes? It's pretty much like that. It's just whatever it was ready for your particular brain. So the range is generally between four and even eight, Hmm. you know, with most kids falling somewhere in the middle. But what we really want to encourage parents is not to push your child to start reading before they're ready. That's not your job. That's what school is for. Your job is to make them love reading. And if they perceive pressure coming from you, that is going to create a negative association with reading. And it's also, it's just kind of futile, right? You can push and push that five-year-old to read the words. If the brain isn't ready, it's not going to happen. So why not just read to your five-year-old, read to your six-year-old. When they're ready, believe me, they will start to read. Everyone learns to read. So, you know, we were so surprised to find this one fact that we love, which is that in Scandinavia, in Germany, you know, these are very literate countries. They don't even teach formally reading in the classroom until kids are seven. And it's for this reason. It's that, you know, not every five-year-old is ready. Not every six-year-old is ready. What is the secret then to making grade school children not just willing, but excited to read? You know, there's so much you can do to create a pleasurable association around reading. So that first thing is really just taking away the academic pressure. You know, your home is not a classroom. (laughs) Your home is a place for reading to be fun. So really keeping your eye on the fun part of reading. And then one really easy thing you can do is have a lot of books in your house. Now, that seems surprising, but we found another study that showed that just having books in your home is linked to your child becoming a lifelong reader. And that makes sense, right? They need to have a chance to choose to read books. They have so much else they could do now. We all have a lot of other distractions. There's a lot of screens in every home. Do you have just as many books in your home as screens? Do you have more? You know, the optimal number in this study was somewhere between 20 and 30 books was a really good good place for a child to grow up. And they should be books that connect with your child's interests, connect with your child's personality, and that really are fun. People think, oh, you're editors at the New York Times. You must think every kid should be reading, you know, War and Peace. It's like, no, no, no. We want kids to read what they like. We love comics. We love graphic novels. These are books. We love, you know, a lot of the boys who say that they don't like reading. It's just that they're fact readers. They want their books. They don't necessarily need to escape into a story the way some kids like. Some of these boys and girls, too, they want to read a book of sports statistics or they want to read, you know, my son likes to look through his atlas. <laughs> you know, that's a book. So keep your mind open to lots of different ways you can bring books into your child's life that maybe aren't what you're thinking about as a book, a joke book. I think every house with kids in it needs a really good joke book. (laughs) We're visiting with Maria Russo, children's books editor of the New York Times Book Review and co-author of a new book, How to Raise a Reader. Should children prioritize hard copy books over e-readers? That is definitely true. The science is just very clear and unequivocal on that. There is something that happens when a brain is reading a book on paper that is better. You absorb information better in a paper format than on a screen. And, you know, you can probably think about it in your own life, too, right? You just remember things better when you read on paper. So it's just much, much better to give your kids physical books 
And they love them. You know, they love the art. They love to turn pages. They love to collect them. They love to carry them around. You know, don't forget, kids are collectors. They want to see if they love their wimpy kid books, their dogman books, their books by Raina Telgemeier or Victoria Jameson, these great graphic novelists, the Roald Dahl books. They want to collect them. They want to have every one of those books with them. A lot of the publishers have turned away from ebooks for kids, partly because the kids don't prefer them. Even teenagers, they prefer physical books. How can you then create a culture of reading among family and friends? That's really the key here, right? We have to make reading something not just that you have a positive attitude toward, but that you're really doing, <laughs> that the kids are surrounded by people reading and people talking about books. Some of our suggestions that we have in the book are birthday parties. What about instead of a goodie bag full of candy or plastic toys, you have a book giveaway? And so you take one of your child's books that they can spare, <laughs> that they can give up. You wrap a bunch of them, one for each guest, and then you pick numbers. And the kids get to take home a book from their host, and that's what their goodie bag is. You might think, oh, the parents are going to think I'm cheap. You know, no, I promise that the parents will be grateful that their kid is coming home from a birthday party with a new book, you know, a new picture book that they can add to their collection. So things like that, book swap. I have three kids. We had lots of books coming in and out of our house, and one of the ways we did that was when my daughter hit about third grade, I think it was, fourth grade, we started doing book swaps where her friends would come over, everyone would bring one book, put them all on a table, everyone would give a presentation, they'd talk about why my book is great, and then they would pick numbers and everybody would choose. So there's lots of ways that you can sort of feed into this idea that books are a fun thing. There's mother-daughter book clubs. I know of a father-son book club. Another study we saw showed that boys who see their dad's reading are more likely to have a positive experience of reading. So, you know, things like that that you might not think of as part of raising a reader, just reading in front of your child. <laughs> Let them have a visual image of their parent sitting down with a book. That's a great thing you can do. Maria Russo of the New York Times Book Review, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, how to conquer clutter from a top clutter buster. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 